Welcome to Help from Future Self. Welcome to another episode of Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. And this week, I got some friends with me. We got SC Steele. Hello, hello. How are you doing this week, Sydney? Pretty great, actually. Things are going well. Excellent. And we got this week joining us the Wheeling Keyforger Rick. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. Just thank God the construction crew is gone for the day. <laughs> Perfect. Some peace and quiet and some Keyforge conversation. We are Scuzzy Gruenless this week. He had a prior commitment that takes him out of the running for this week's episode. And we're going back to one of the podcast favorites, and that is a Would You Rather segment, one that I have owned for my own YouTube channel in different ways with decks. But this week, we've decided to bring it to you with a twist. So we're going to be doing a Would You Rather, but it's not with cards. It's something that could exist within the game in terms of a choice you could make to do A or B. We'll get into more of that, as you'll see, as we let you know what these are. And Sydney, why don't you kick things off with your first Would You Rather? Absolutely. I'm super excited for Would You Rather No Card Edition. I had a fun, fun time thinking of all of these and coming up with uh, even what I would do. But um, so my, my first one here, would you rather open an all-creature hand or an all-action hand? Ooh, Rick, how, do you, how about you kick this one off? What, what would you rather have? That's actually just from my playing Magic back in the day and playing <laughs> since, since it's open, I've been an aggro player, so that's an easy one for me. I'm taking creatures all the way. Oh, okay. Why Why would you like the creatures? Just to, to establish that board and threat and be able yeah. to, to like just reap? Or... and threat and reap my way out of everything. Reap my way to victory. I love it. Ooh, that's a tough one for me. I, I think I'd probably agree with Rick, and I go for creatures. Just the fact that you can have a lasting effect of having creatures on the board and a lot of them have a utility that you could call upon in the future where I feel like if you had all action cards, you may not be able to do anything with some of those cards. Like you could have certain situational action cards or things that you need for like Ember control and early on that may not be helpful. So I think that not having any creatures, uh, you could be stuck with some cards that can't utilize the effects they would do. So I would also go with creatures due to the utility and versatility that they provide. Sydney, what about you? I was going to say, it's kind of funny. I would actually, for the, with an opening hand of actions, I would have to go action because you have a much more likely chance of being able to answer your opponent. So let's say your opponent fills the board. If you have a uh, board wipe or some sort of uh, creature um, a aggressive um, card in your hand or in your deck, you're much more likely to have it in your hand if you have a handful of actions. You also, I think you have a faster answer to your opponent than if you had creatures, because even though you're putting down multiple, if they already have a creature down, then you're not going to be able to deal with their creature right away. You also, because you get the choice between houses, like you can save anything you might want to save for later by picking a different house. So I guess 
if all all other things being equal, I would I would kind of go action. All right, that is an interesting way of putting it. I uh, I can see your logic, but I'm staying firm on my decision. Okay, so you, you did not sway me at all. Um, Rick, why don't you give us yours next? Which one would you do? Uh, for mine, because I'm starting to enjoy seal just a little bit, I'm going to do a set thing here. Would you rather AOA sealed or Dark Tidings sealed? Ooh. I, I have an I have an easy answer to this one because AOA sealed is one of the only ways I enjoy playing AOA. I would super pick AOA sealed simply because I know that on a sealed le- playing field, it's it's a lot easier to have a lot more fun, especially once it's all in set. AOA versus AOA for me is so much fun, especially when it's sealed. So I'm I'm going AOA. So I'm starting to learn something as we have these discussions, Sydney, and that you and I are opposites because every <laughs> discussion we have, we're literally like on the opposite end of things. I'm, it's like it more and more. I'm like, I'm like, this is interesting. This is great. No wonder we brought you on the show. It just this the tension <laughs> and the conflict just creates for great conversation. Um, I'd go dark tidings, and I agree with everything you said about AOA. Except for the fact that if you get like a Mars Brobnar untamed or like a Logos untamed X that isn't Sanctum or Shadows, you're kind of in the Ember controlled doghouse. We're in Dark mm. Tidings. I think you have more chance of getting a more balanced pool of houses that can still allow you to stay in the game. And I also love that Dark Tidings has really intricate interactions. So I think I'd go for Dark Tidings and Sealed. Rick, what would you choose for yours? Um, I got to say, as much as AOA brought me a lot of my time traveler decks that I've got in my collection, I'd have to go DT2 because just the... If it wasn't a Logos or an Untamed deck in AOA, I just absolutely hated Sealed because I could not do anything. So I'm going to Fair enough. I, I, I can understand you there, brother. Okay, well, this I actually like that you chose that uh, exact topic for yours, Rick, because mine is actually also an AOA versus Dark Tidings in a completely different way. So my would you rather, folks, is would you rather play an AOA deck with no Ember control or a Dark Tidings deck with no board control? The other aspect of each deck is not above nine on the arc rating. So, like, if one has like no ember control, the board control is like a nine. If the other one has no board control, the ember control isn't above nine. Just to give like that parity in terms of like the stats. What would you rather have? So I flip on this one because of the conditions. And I really, really like this one because it actually gives conditions that are very um, true to the to the set because AOA with no amber control is just 
an impossibly not weak deck, but like, I guess less fun because you know, you're going to lose and lose quickly. Whereas a dark tidings with no board control, I feel like, I feel like the deck could get around that issue with other strengths that the set has, including things like card control or board itself. So I would, in this case, go dark tidings with no board control over AOA with no amber control. All right, interesting. Rick? I, I got to completely echo everything that Sydney just said. Because, yeah, I I love DT Sealed, even though lately I've been doing a lot of MM. Um, but I just, I couldn't do the no amber control in, in AOA. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of back and forth on this one a bunch. There's a few times I've kind of been like, you know, like AOA, you can get that speed and do it, but when your back's up against the wall and you really have no Ember control, like that is that is a game loss right there. Um, that being said, as well, you could you could make the argument that not being able to control a board and the ability to just call a house and then get six Ember is also detrimental. So this one was really tough for me, but I think I'm with you guys on this one. That having the Ember control, even if it's not a lot it can buy you that turn or two just to to gain the advantage to put yourself in a position where your opponent can't answer so i'm with you guys it's it's dark tidings with no bo- with no board control for me as well that's and, a sweep um, that is a sweep first sweep and um alex was kind enough to give us um his would you rather is for us to ponder and i know sydney you have those queued up so let's do one of those before we go to our second one Absolutely. I really, really like this one of his. Would you rather play Sealed Coda or Sealed Dark Tidings? And it's very similar to what we asked before, but I think Coda brings a completely different aspect to to this question. All right. Well, for me, I think, you know what? I just like playing Sealed Dark Tidings. That's That's what it comes down to. <laughs> I like I said before, my argument is is relatively the same, except for the fact of the houses not having certain things. I enjoy the dark tiding sealed due to the complexity. That's why I would choose it. I think it just has a really nice level of complex lines to be discovered. And honestly, in sealed, that's not the best thing because you don't get the same time to discover it. But it's the challenge that it presents that I really enjoy and having to navigate the tide. And there's nothing like calling the tide a lot and then realizing as you learn a deck more, oh, I really shouldn't call the tide with this deck. Those chains actually do hurt and are a detriment to success. So I find it really interesting in that regard. So I think I'm going to go with Dark Tiding still due to the intricacies that the set provides. What about you, Rick? Uh, I think... Blake will know right off the top of his head what deck I'm speaking of, but my very favorite deck is in Coda, and I just, I loved the sealed format when we, way back in the day, because it was just play cards and possibly win. And with the issues that I have, I don't like to think too, too hard, because I get distracted easily. So I got to go with Coda, because it's just play and do your best. Yeah, I thought you would choose thinking. that one. Not only that, Rick, but the Untamed in in Coda is pretty legendary, and I know you love you love to see the Untamed. 
True, but I I do think that DT Untamed is more fun in a way because it's got all the counter stuff. Fair, fair. Sydney, what about you? In this case, I think I'm going to lean Dark Tidings because of the crazy shenanigans it can get up to because mm-hmm. Coda is so simplistic. It's it's a good way to guarantee you're probably going to get a good sealed deck, but I think with Dark Tidings, the the combinations are just so can be so spectacular and also with the mechanics that were introduced so much later in the game being a little bit of a wrench in in Coda's game I think that Dark Tidings mm. would actually have the edge over Coda in in a sealed environment yeah. so I think I think I might go sealed Dark Tidings on this one I like it so top of the round Sydney what is your next one all right so I was thinking along the lines of would you rather play a deck with an aggressive interactive game or a deck that plays more like a solo race? Ooh. Rick, do you want to tackle this one first? Uh, I, I'm doing a lot of thinking on that one. Um, I generally like the easy play, just play your cards and do what you do. But I also like the interactive, fun interactions that can happen from a lot of fighting. So I'm going to, on this one, I think I'm going to go with the fun interactive fighting. All right. Um, Oh, the fun interactive fighting or that. You know, Sydney, this is a tough one for me because I I would put conditions on the board. So (laughs) without putting all the conditions on, I think I would like the one that you just kind of like play and cycle basically, right? Mm -hmm. Is that the idea? Yeah, Yeah, I think I'd go for the cycle one in this just because there are some decks I really enjoy that aspect. Like I definitely enjoy both game styles with certain, like depending on what house combination it is, but I find like sometimes doing the cycling version can be really fun. Like if star Alliance is in the mix and you got that house cheating aspect of the board, that's what would cause me to lean to that style. But if I don't have that condition, like can say that, and it's just like, you don't know if it is star Alliance or not, I would lean to the other side of, of, I want to play the cycle. That makes a lot of sense. I think that with my play style, I, I'm a much more like aggressive interactive game player simply because I never like to feel out of control and not necessarily that like I want to be the aggressor, but more so that if I have a deck that focuses so much on getting to three keys first, if somebody else throws a wrench into my game, they might end my race. So I feel like if I have cards in my deck that will let me interact or let me be the aggressor and put them on the defensive, then I don't have to be on the defensive. And I think that's just a, a play style thing, but an aggressive interactive game is is more along the lines of what I like to do. Mm, I like it. I like it. Rick, what's your next one? It's another set-oriented one, but if you were allowed in a sealed format to pick any set you want would you would you go coda and hope for a rush deck or would you go mm and hope for a very pip heavy deck oh i like that well i'm gonna tackle this one first sydney if you're okay with that totally um i think i would choose the mm one because 
the pip heavy aspect provides such a key forge aspect to the game. You don't know where the pips necessarily are. There's some cards that can get loaded with pips in a way that create really unique interactions. So I would definitely go for the pips. I actually think the Coda Rush could potentially be so much stronger because of your ability to end the game quickly. But I think at the end of the tournament, my enjoyment of the game would be greater getting to utilize a lot of pips. I totally agree with you. And my I also lean MM. I, I, I guess I'm going all in on MM, but I'm kind of leaning that way for a different reason. I think that my enjoyment from opening a sealed deck is so much higher with mass mutation than any other set. So just the opening of the deck itself, it's so exciting. Not only what pips do I have, but where are they on my cards? So I think that a lot of my enjoyment of a tournament like that would be opening the deck, seeing what I have, and it being incredibly super unique above and beyond the kinds of unique that Keyforge already has. And so as mm. much as I, I love Coda, and I think Coda Rush would be maybe a, a stronger play in that situation. I, I just, I love opening mass mutation decks. I'm with you. Rick, what about you? Uh, actually, in in this, I would take the Pip Heavy MM, and it's a funny reason that I would take that. There's a card that I cannot stand called Quixelstone, but in one of my MM decks, I got a Quixelstone that had Every bull had four out of the five pips that it could have. <laughs> so I quite like that card right now when I play that deck. So I would take the MM. MM. MM it is. That was a, a clean sweep all around, but for varying reasons, which uh, I really like. Okay, so on to my last one is uh, what would you rather have? A deck that has like an archetype chase aspect to it or a deck that is more of like a tool chest. So it's going to do everything really well and is really balanced. So let's say they, they look like the same SAS. There nothing like stands out in terms of, in terms of rating, but one deck is looking to play to the archetype it has. And that could be a chase card. Let's say it's like Dav could be Quixelstone could be, you know, uh, a mutant sort of theme, like something like that, or it's like a rush, you know what I mean? Like you're doing a very specific thing or one that is much more well-rounded and has a bunch of tools. Like, you know, you're going to have anything you need, but it doesn't specialize in one in particular, but both are rated exactly the same. Which one would you rather have? Rick, you kick this one off. I think it's no surprise to at least Blake, if not everybody here, I would go for the chase. Yeah, because, I, th I well, thought you would lead towards that one. <laughs> I, I just like chase cards, and I did have a dab deck that was good, but I ended up selling it because I needed money at the time, and I have yet to open a good one since. Aww. Yeah, they're hard to find. Sydney, what about you? This is such a good one. Like this, this actually is so hard. I really, really, really like both. But if I had to pick one way or the other, I guess, I guess I have to go well-rounded because if there's going to be a situation where I'm really good at something, it's more than likely that deck 
is bad at something else. And to have a gaping hole, even if it's not that exceptionally gaping, but to have a weakness that another deck can exploit feels like the game could go a, a teensy bit more like Toyn Cossy. Toyn Coss. Trot. Wow. Words. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to take this out. This is amazing. No. <laughs> Coin Tossy, you mean? <laughs> Coin Tossy. <laughs> oh my gosh yes so i think that having having a well-rounded deck would would give me a lot more confidence in the deck itself i like it i i honestly i'm um i think i'm with you on this one i actually do love those decks but if i had to choose I th I've noticed those well-rounded decks provide just the ability to pivot as needed, where you're more likely with the other deck to hit a very random matchup, which could not even be even, and just totally get hosed. So I think the variance factor can work against you more aggressively if you're missing something mm -hmm. from the deck than if you have a set of tools to like answer. And it can also make it so people can't like you can just pivot your strategy more easily as well. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you on that one, Sydney. Totally. All right. So, and I think we're on to Alex's next one, aren't we? Yeah. I was going to say, I'm super excited to end on this one because Alex bringing the fire. I love this one too. Would you rather play a deck with no printed Amber or no Amber control? Oh, oh. I know, right? Sydney, why don't you lead this one off since you're the most excited? Uh, I I was I took so long to think about this one because it really is a hard choice. I think with no printed amber, you're you're just not accelerating very quickly. But with no amber control, you're not preventing your opponent from accelerating very quickly. So I I honestly think that I would go no printed amber because if my amber control can be strong enough to not only prevent my opponent from getting too far ahead, but also to make use of my opponent's amber to maybe steal it. Although to be fair, this question does have a bit of a, a handicap because there are some great amber control cards with printed amber on it. So like this, mm. this question kind of knocks out too much to protect because it comes with a pip. But I think right. with, with enough amber control, you can make up for, for not having printed amber. Okay. Rick, how about you? I I would agree. Um, I I like the printed ember. I love the printed ember because it really helps. But I've been in I've been in cases where I've actually pulled off some really cool things with just having cards that interact well together, and I was able to take take people off check with doing such things. And so I would think I would be okay having no pips if I have a really good ember control. I'm also going to go with the same answer of I'd rather have the no pips, mm -hmm. but my reasoning is a, is a little bit more to it. So if you have cards with no pips, that means probably two things. You're, you're probably very light on action cards, which means you're going to be very heavy on board-based cards. That means you probably have artifacts. You're probably going to have a lot of creatures, which means if you have a really creature-heavy deck, you can establish a really aggressive board and then you can probably do things with those creatures. So I assume you're going to have some creatures that deal with Ember Control, which could be 
uh, even like a Faust is out there, or it could be, you know, capturing dinos, things like that. And I think your ability to use your board in different ways could just be aggressive enough that you can be on the offensive, even if with the Ember Control, where if you have no Ember Control, your opponent can literally just make a decision. Like, you can see there's no Ember Control. It's like, well, I just have to keep gaining Ember because once I do that, I can't be stopped. So that factor just kind of is like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to really work. So uh, you you eliminate your opponent from worrying about stuff. There, There is a lack of a threat. It's kind of like when we talked about if you if you know you know the matchup with the chase card scenario that there's this missing it allows your opponent to kind of exploit that and i think the lack of ember control is the easiest weakness to exploit because you literally just always go well this turn i'm just going to try and gain ember you don't need to have any other game plan just try game ember and your opponent can't respond oh yeah that's that's totally true all right well that's going to do it for this week's would you rather segments and we can't end an episode without our titular segment we call this one help Help from future self Self. and this week i am bringing a help from future self that needs to be done because um clearly i don't pay attention to the things my co-hosts say because last week (laughs) sydney was like make sure you read your cards right sydney that's what you said isn't it yep (laughs) yeah that's what you said and and here i am with my friend and I might I also add that not only did this happen with my friend IRL, but I played with him the that night after we recorded. Okay. So not only did oh. I hear this and not take it in, but I proceeded to then do it as well. So we opened two Dark Tidings decks that had the exact same houses. Sanctum, Shadows, Dinos. Great combination, I think, by the way, for Dark Tidings. Oh yeah. And one of the decks had a Primus Unguis in it. And both of us, through our best of three blind sealed, what did we do? We played Primus Unguis like Tribune Pompanus for the whole oh, night no. and almost negated the whole thing. And I didn't realize till like three days later, I was like, dude, I think we played this entirely wrong. So we never really got to see how these decks match up. So read your cards, and especially things like that. Like there's a few of those cards where the wording is quite similar, except for like one aspect of it. Because essentially, Tribune Pompidus and Primus Unguis are the same card, but one is all creatures, and one is just affected by the one creature. Totally. Ugh, it's it's annoying <laughs> how often this lesson needs to keep coming up, and we're not learning from it. All right. You can find us if you want to uh, have a discussion about our folly as Keyforge players or the great discussion we have during the episode on our Discord, which there is a link in the bio. There's a really great conversation always going on, people joining constantly. It's the spot to be right now, I think, in the Keyforge community. I know Rick has been holding it down there in an amazing way. And uh, if you wish to just Get us at a little more shorthanded way. We are on Twitter at HFFS Podcast. You can find me on Discord as well, Boulevard Blake, number sign 3840, as well as Twitter under Boulevard Blake, and of course on my YouTube. Sydney, where can they find you? I am SC Steel on TCO and Discord, and I'm going to make a, a real quick if you play Wordle. 
and you want to share your wordles with me as you as you finish them and you just, you know, it's a really easy share button to the Discord and you want I am all about playing Wordle and I am in multiple Discords just for their Wordle channels. So just throwing that out there. Oh, wow. All right. And Rick, where can people find you? On Twitter at The Wheeling Keyforger and on TCO at Rickster78. Perfect. And we'll get at you next week with another friendly conversation about this great game of Keyforge. Until then, folks, stay forging. <laughs>